What will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I am Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Greetings, mm. Kelvin. Greetings, Tom. And, you know, I guess we should say, right, we haven't done this in a while. If you're not already aware, if you recently joined us as a listener, we like to say that TopCast is a collegial conversation about online or blended or digital learning conducted over a shared cup of coffee. Collegial conversation over a cup of coffee. That's right. A lot of uh, alliteration. That's right. Yes, that line that I think I've used in the past from uh, broadcast news, a lot of alliteration for anxious anchors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All that. Yes, Albert Brooks, the the great Albert Brooks. No relation to Mel Brooks, but uh, you know, hey. No, well, James L. Brooks, that's his movie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, I hear the dulcet gurgles of a cup of coffee preparing Mm -hmm. for our collegial conversation. And I wonder, Mm -hmm. just musingly out loud, (laughs) I wonder what's in the thermos. If only someone could share with me what's in the thermos. I just happened to have written down some notes on the subject, Tom. What a fortuitous coincidence. (laughs) What a coinkydink. Today's coffee comes to us from a couple of TopCast listeners from California State University Channel Islands. Dr. Jill Leafstead, Associate Vice Provost for Innovation and Faculty Development, and learning designer, Megan Eberhardt-Allstadt. And if I'm not mistaken, both Jill and Megan have visited us here at UCF on past occasions. I think Jill was like actually in this building where we were, are recording right now. And uh, as a participant in the one of the Educause Ask You UCF Leadership Summits in years past, and Megan was on site this past year as part of OLC's i.e. LOL, Institute for Emerging Leaders in Online Learning. This coffee provided by Jill and Megan was roasted in their neck of the woods by Beacon Coffee in Camarillo, California. Is it? That's Camarillo, right? Not Camarillo? Camarillo. Camarillo? Si. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't it may know. be pronounced Camarillo. I'm not really California. sure. But the coffee itself comes from El Salvador, from an old family coffee farm that dates back 150 years. Now, get this. I, I love this story. This farm is in an unseasonably cold area. So the family, when they put this, they got it together in like 1870 or whatever, they're like, it's cold here. What is that, like 70 degrees in El Salvador? I don't know. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. Unseasonably cold. Hmm. And it was hard to get to. It's like up on this mountain. So maybe that's why it's cold. Yes. So the farmer's founders decided to name it Siberia, because it's cold and hard to get to. I think it's pronounced Siberia. Yeah, well, well <laughs> I don't, yes, I'm just sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it was an homage. That's, so. that's really kind of unusual, though, to have some oh, right, exactly. cold associated with El Salvador. No, it's really weird, right? So Jill and Megan uh, decided to help us with the coffee connection and shared the following note with us. They said, thank you, TopCast. We can always count on great, they underlined 17 times, conversation. Uh, and cheers to more great listening from Jill and Megan from Teaching and Learning Innovations. And then there's this whole write-up about the coffee that they printed out kindly for us, and they circled the part of the, the blurb on the coffee 
that uh, talks about the the farming practices and the effective practices and getting good coffee. And it said, each generation has taught the next with an eye on continually innovating, using sustainable practices to improve quality. So that's plenty, Tom. But <laughs> how's the coffee? And do you get the connection? I like the coffee very much. It's good. Um, okay, muy bueno. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get the connection. Woo! Yeah. Yay! Thank you to Jill and, and Megan for sharing the coffee and for making my job of making the connection so so easy. Yeah, that is a good cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm enjoying really that. That's nice. uh, so uh, we are going to be talking about faculty development. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea of quality and innovation and teaching mm-hmm. the next generation fits right into that. Mm-hmm. That's the work that Jill and Megan do every day, just like so many of our That's right. listeners. I, That's right. I think it's hard to believe, right? But uh, while we did back in episode 39 talk about the Teaching Online Preparation Toolkit or Top Kit, a kissing cousin to Topcast, we have not really devoted an entire episode to faculty development or preparation or faculty professional development or whatever. We haven't done that. So here we are. Here we are. I, that sort of strikes me as unusual that we haven't had a deeper conversation about that. <laughs> really? So I feel like you and I talk about it all the time. I know. <laughs> and, and we certainly have touched on it uh, woven throughout. Maybe it's uh, when you zoom way out, maybe you hear a lot about it in our episodes, but we haven't devoted an episode. Okay. Well, now's the time. Good job, Tom. All right. <laughs> I think that's, that's great. Can, uh, can, can I just share some... Um, uh, some things I've been saying a lot lately about about this framing. This I think I've said on the on the podcast before, but uh, yeah. And I don't know that you're tired of hearing me say it, but our faculty preparation efforts for online education are above and beyond the broad industry standards for higher education generally, which we might refer to as accreditation. And uh, online, we aspire to prepare and support faculty to design quality courses and to teach them well. We do that in our field. And that's, that's beyond what we do in higher education generally. That's why this work is so crucial. You don't do this kind of sustained work across the industry for face-to-face courses. Uh, I think that's probably true, yeah. And, and I know that um, it's, it's the rare doctoral program, particularly yep. a research program like a PhD, right. where somebody has intentional right. development on how to teach. Every once in a while you hear about yeah, something Yeah, I know. Like the, the program I went through, we had a teaching practicum mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and some stuff that we had to go through. But I think that is the exception. So, like, if you're getting a, a PhD in electrical engineering, you, you probably don't have a pedagogical mm-hmm. methods course yep. <laughs> for, for your um, – for your coursework. So um, a lot of that sort of picked up through osmosis, which is why this kind of faculty development work we do for online is so important. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only is it in many cases the first or most comprehensive faculty development that faculty have gotten, at least that's Mm -hmm. what we hear, Mm -hmm. but because of the unique affordances and challenges and just the the, the, the kind of transition that's required to teach online, mm-hmm. you, you really need to help crosswalk faculty from what their mental model of the classroom is to something that's online. So you don't just replicate mm-hmm. something that happens in the classroom. You really take advantage of the online environment. And that's why faculty development is so critical. And, and we put an inordinate amount of emphasis on it. Oh, my gosh, do we ever. Yeah, and that's, that's on purpose. Yeah, that's right. So maybe as a little bit of a caveat, and we'll ask the audience's indulgence that um, – we're going to talk about this topic through the lens of mm-hmm. UCF a little mm-hmm. bit because that's that's our experience. Mm-hmm. But we're going to try to 
to expand at least this uh, into maybe more generalizable um, concepts, principles as we, as we go along. Mm-hmm. But um, as, as we talk about what we're doing here, I, I, I would ask you to think about your own experience at your own institution mm-hmm. and, and what's relatable and, and what is potentially, um, you know, different but uh, close, yeah, <laughs> adjacent. Right. And a little shameless plug, maybe, um, just realizing that every institutional context is different. Uh, when we did that episode, number 39, about top kit, uh, I think we called this out, that there is this faculty development decision guide in top mm-hmm, kit, mm-hmm. which I think is its big usefulness is helping people think through how kind of where they are and how they might innovate and improve their own faculty preparation efforts based on the unique Characteristics And the one that comes to mind to me most readily is, are you doing some sort of um, uh, credentialing, mm-hmm. uh, like a requirement uh, in order to teach online, or is, or is it completely just up to the enlightened self-interest of the, of the participating faculty? Yeah, it's a good question. And, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with uh, just the resources you have available yep. to you to, to kind of support your faculty. Do you have, do you have a staff of you and a, and a half FTE grad student? Or do you have a team of, you know, 400 people that are helping to, to you know, prepare faculty and support them when they teach? And there is everything on that spectrum. Um, and I imagine that our listenership um, mm-hmm. kind of spans that entire scope from the, the small to the large. So uh, maybe there's a little bit of something in here for for everybody. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think what we've found over the last what nearly 24 years here at UCF of having such preparation programs is at this point we've got what we might refer to as an ecosystem. We didn't start off with an ecosystem. Right. But we we grew an ecosystem uh, that is now rather nuanced in uh, what it provides to our faculty. A, a range of things that are uh, that range from required and credentialing to ad hoc and generative feed the community to just, you know, just technical to um, uh, just in time uh, to whatever. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bunch of it. Yeah. And, and I would say that um, we probably on that spectrum I just I described sit on the larger side of that mm-hmm. spectrum. That's true. Well, so, although not, not 400 people yeah. devoted to it. No, not 400, <laughs> but, you know, almost 100. Yeah. So um, that, you know, based on at least my conversations with uh, with colleagues, mm-hmm. um, not everybody has 100 people, no. you know, working on this stuff. And it's easy to write off any lessons learned from us because, well, we don't have that kind of stuff. Right. But there, we didn't have that many staff at the beginning. Right. Either. Right. And there are, uh, you know, it's funny, I did a panel not that long ago at a conference and this question came up like, well, you know, how can we, you know, in our context mm-hmm. do what you're doing or what, you know, others that were up there. I was, I was on a panel with, with Shannon Riggs from mm-hmm. Oregon yeah, yeah. State and they're a lot like us. Yep. And, you know, not everybody is like that. Nope. So, um, the, you know, the, there are, there are ways to empower uh, or deputize faculty to help mm-hmm. you with this, or grad students, or even to outsource some of it. I mean, there mm-hmm. are ways to get at some of this stuff. And some of that's in the TopKit uh, website. There's yep. some resources to kind of get you started. Yeah. Um, but maybe a good place for us to start this conversation would be to to just kind of give a, a lay of the land of, of what we're doing here, mm-hmm. keeping in mind that this expanded over time. Yes. We didn't start with all of these different offerings. 24 um, years. Right. I mean, we started with basically one. Yeah, that's right. right. I mean, pre- you were here. I wasn't here yeah. at the time. And then as 
as our needs changed, and as you said, it, it got nuanced, um, in order to satisfy more niche requirements, yes. we came up with more specialized support programs, but we still have that original one yes. in, a, in an evolved format, but it's basically the same objective for that particular And, and if I might, I, I might say I think that's good. Uh, we'll kind of walk it through, and then maybe for our listeners, focus on the function, the purpose of each of these right, offerings right. more than you know, kind of the, the specifics that we uh, share in our, in our context. So and, you want to talk we'll, about the one? Sure. Uh, and we'll, maybe we'll leave out the, kind of the history. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah sure. But, you know, <laughs> email us. <laughs> we'll share it with you. I know. It's so tempting, right? I you know. don't want to share this out of context, but I, I got you. Well, we do have uh, uh, kind of our flagship program, mm-hmm. something we call IDL 6543. It's, um, it's interactive distributed learning. For technology-mediated course delivery. There you go. Yeah, that's uh, right. So Kelvin was one of the early instructors of this that's, designers. That's true. I, I, it, it predates me by uh, a year and a half, almost two years, uh, you know, Barbara Truman and Kathy Ingram and Steve Sorg, but, but yeah, early. Yeah. And so the idea behind this is to uh, prepare faculty to design and deliver uh, online and blended courses. Original courses. Original them, courses. Their courses. Things that they are going to build themselves and deliver themselves. Not at a master course that they're inheriting. Right. This would be building that course. That's right. And um, it is comprehensive. Yep. 80 clock hours, we estimate. Is, is our estimate. It is taught in a blended format. So mm-hmm. some of it's online, some of it's face-to-face, and some of it is structured um, consultations with an assigned instructional designer. And it takes place over about 10 weeks, yep. culminating in a uh, what we call a showcase, mm-hmm. which is sort of like a conference experience where people can share what they've actually built. And it, that's a great event where mm-hmm. people are really proud of what they've done, mm-hmm. and it's sort of inspiring to go. Um, but that is, that is the, the, I would say, the center of the bullseye for yep. our faculty development. And it's, it's the one where we do provide a stipend to faculty for successful completion of that. Yeah. Because we recognize that it is a significant amount of time for a faculty member to complete this mm-hmm. and that we are investing in our faculty for the long haul. And once they go through that, they are, quote unquote, credentialed That's to right. teach online, which unlocks all of the resources of the Center for Distributed Learning, Those that hundred people that we kind of alluded to. Yeah. That becomes all available to them at no cost. Video producers, graphic artists, instructional designers, yeah, all of technical all of support, That's yeah, right. programmers, widget makers, and yeah. specialty interactive things and <laughs> doodads, doodads, and, and, and what you call it, yeah. yeah, all that. You can tell we're highly technical. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, you want to jump into maybe the next one or two? Sure. So, based on that foundation of creating an original online course and. What we found early on, the first nuance was, turns out people give these courses away. You know, uh, teaching assignments change, and people kind of think, oh, well, surely uh, Tom can teach that class. And at first, you go, okay, well, how hard could that be? Well, it's like, hey, Kelvin, share your course with Tom because he's yes, a new guy and that's he right. needs to teach it. And you now. go, well, how hard could that be? Right. But it turns out that with just like, you know, I've given this metaphor so many times, just like when they taught me in driver ed, you're going to drive somebody else's car, you got to get in, adjust the seats, adjust the mirrors, look at the the dashboard, right. see where everything is, how it's different than the car that you're used to, then you can drive away. And so we needed, we realized quickly that we needed to come up with some kind of a process for that. Uh, so it's mainly at this point, graduate teaching assistants and adjuncts who tend to inherit yeah. existing online Sometimes junior courses. faculty. Sometimes junior yeah. faculty. But we would really rather, if somebody's going to be around right. 
we'd rather invest in them learning kind of how to do it from the ground up. That's true. Yeah. So uh, we call that ADL 5000. So it sounds a little bit like IDL 6543. Both of them have kind of this 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 homage to like a graduate teaching seminar or something, yeah. right? And in many ways, particularly 6543, it's like a, it's, it's a workshop. Yeah. They're doing stuff. Yeah, that's right. right. So I've described ADL 5000 as, as a way to kind of deconstruct yep. the the course right. you're inheriting. So as you said, you yep. can kind of understand it and kind of make it your own so that you can effectively deliver it. That's right. I've said very similar things. Um, so that was an early nuance. Then, of course, there's stuff like uh, video lecture capture, mm-hmm. right? So we have uh, – it's a very descriptive title. We call it TLC, Teaching with Lecture Capture. <laughs> it is what it says it is. We don't do a ton of that. No, we But don't. we do have some. And we would rather – Uh, try to help people do it intentionally. We've talked before about intentional uh, kind of design explicitly in lecture. And uh, so that's one thing. And then the other is to see if we can't foster some uh, thought about interaction, not just a passive reception thing. So it's it's like by comparison, I think our estimate is like eight clock hours (laughs) compared to 80. And it is self-paced. Yes. We didn't say anything about ADL 5000, but that is self-paced as well. That's right. I think it's like 30 hours-ish. That's right. And it does have some interaction with an instructor, though, who will provide feedback. That's right. It's bounded within the both of those, ADL 5000 and um, uh, TLC, work within like a semester framework. Right. You start it, you end it. But it's got to fit within the semester. If you don't get it done, you start over. But it is sort of self-paced within that semester. Yes, that's right. You want to do the next one? Sure, I'll do the next one, adaptive learning. Um, what we have found is that as we've expanded our adaptive learning initiative, we've, we've needed some uh, very specific instruction uh, for faculty to, to prepare them in this, in this particular way of teaching. And we have two different flavors of that. It's, it's with the prefix PAL, P-A-L, which is uh, personalized adaptive learning. I think we may have talked about our PAL team, yes, our personalized yes. adaptive learning team. Subgroup of instructional designers. Correct. Um, so there's a PAL 6000 and a PAL 5000. And PAL 5000 is um, maybe slightly more generic where uh, it helps faculty understand how to adopt a commercial adaptive courseware product. So it could be something like a McGraw-Hill Connect mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, Take your pick, Newton mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. My Math Lab mm-hmm. or something. Um, PAL 6000 is that plus mm-hmm. some very specific technical instruction on how to use one of the platforms mm-hmm. we're using here, mm-hmm. which is called Realize It. Mm-hmm. And it includes some specific instructions on how to use Realize It. But we, we've bifurcated that because if you're not going to use Realize It, you don't need yeah, all of that. Right. And so you need more of that kind of just more generic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about STEM Institute? Sure. A, a much more recent addition um, is what we refer to as the STEM Institute, uh, which is kind of a spinoff of IDL 6543, our flagship program. And it's part of that last mile effort we've been talking about a few times on these uh, episodes uh, to engage with our STEM faculty who might not otherwise uh, engage. So we're trying to meet the STEM faculty on their own terms. We do it in a one-week intensive uh, format within um, optional follow-up uh, little meetings in the subsequent semester. And it's kind of tied to this digital learning course redesign initiative that we have um, talked about in prior episodes as well. So beyond the course redesign initiative, will it continue? Don't know. There's been talk. We might fold it into IDL 6543. But it's been a little bit more of a an experiment that still anchors to 
what we've learned to be effective, like the credential um, right. thing. It carries the same credential yes. as yep. completing IDL 6543. It covers basically the same curriculum. Um, it has, you know, work with an instructional designer. Yep. It has, you know, all of the kind of preparation and, and delivery instruction. But again, kind of uh, customized for STEM faculty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also taught in a slightly um, more aggressive schedule. It's yes. more compressed. Lean and mean, we yeah, might say. Yeah, it's done over the summer. And there is actually a, a course number for it. It's, it's DLI. DLI 7836. 7836. And, and <laughs> I like saying STEM Institute. Me too. Because <laughs> uh, we got IDL number, 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 ADL That's number, right. DLI number, number. <laughs> That's um, so true. It's like, is it, and then we work for CDL, which is part of DDL. And, so, and, and we're going to move into this new building soon called the DLC. Yeah. So it, it's crazy. But DLI is a digital Digital Learning Institute, and the 7836 is, if you looked at your phone and the letters, uh, it's spelled out STEM. How clever. Aren't we? Yeah. Aren't we? Some, some of us are. <laughs> I think our instructional designers. So are those are all uh, required yes. if you're going to do that particular thing. Credentialing. Credentialing, right. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to uh, teach a lecture capture course, you have to go through the TLC. If you're going to teach an adaptive course, you have to go through one of these adaptive. So... Mm-hmm. We've got other non-required options available mm-hmm. for faculty. You want to start with those? Sure. Um, and we'll try to accelerate a little bit as our, yeah. as our coffee dwindles. Uh, one, <laughs> I'll have to start with because the need for this was presented to me probably within one year of me getting here nearly 22 years ago. <laughs> it's like, what happens after IDL 6543? And we didn't really answer that question for like... 19, 20 years. Um, and so our instructional designers who were very motivated, I think in particular Sue Bauer and Kathleen Bastido, uh, championed the idea of a, of a follow-up that they labeled IDL 7000, and they targeted it as something to be, um, to be a, to offered to faculty who were five-plus years out from IDL 6543 who might want some... Um, refresher and some uh, little zing enhancement. It's project-based. It's not really a course as much as a an organized time to focus on innovation in their course to improve something that the faculty want to focus in on. It's kind of a structured independent study. It is. And it's an opportunity to get uh, get current on like new ideas or new technologies as yeah. well. Some of the genesis for that was that we did have some faculty after we had changed our LMS mm-hmm. a number of years ago said, look, I don't even, I, mm-hmm. I was went through IDL so many years ago and now I don't know how to use this new LMS. And That's right. Laws had changed about accessibility sure. and about copyright. Sure. And, but it, it goes into more than that. It yes. goes into some of the, as you said, sort of pedagogical strategies. That's right. But you can talk about faculty seminars. That's one that you've actually kind of been driving for a while. Yeah. Um, kind of handed it off to uh, another another driver, but I really still very passionate about it. Our faculty seminars in online teaching, uh, they're 30-minute, once-a-semester seminars co-presented by a member of the teaching faculty and one of our instructional designers. Uh, the idea of anchoring to a broad concept in our online and blended teaching practice, but like a uh, framing within that broad context some kind of practical takeaway and then aligned with a, a, a ton of read more about it resources. We offer it in kind of a hybrid format, face-to-face and synchronous online. We record the whole thing, package it up, put it available on the public web where all those read more about it resources live, 
and then that slowly grows this this library of these uh, easy to digest kind of seminars. It raises, I think of it as um, kind of raising the view of online teaching in a in a in a more thoughtful way. It kind of feeds the community. It's sustaining, generative, and uh, I don't know. We started these in January of wow. Can you believe this? I'm pretty sure it was January of 2010, possibly 2011. That's nearly 10 years. So. And we do those uh, once a semester, every fall and spring. So there's like 20 of these things recorded now. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty. I'm I'm as you can tell, I feel strongly about this. Yeah, and I think we should link to them in the show notes because yeah. if you're listening to this and you are responsible for training faculty, these are real easy to share. Yeah. We're making them available. Yeah. They're recordings. They're 30 minutes long, and there's a ton of resources uh, that that supplement them. Um, it, it's real easy to just share them with your, with your faculty. I could talk another 10 minutes about just this topic, but I yes. won't. Let's not. <laughs> All right, so I'll talk about the next one that's Please. optional, mm-hmm. which is what we call Essentials of Web Courses at UCF. What's and that, Tom? Web Courses at UCF is our private label name for the learning management system. Mm-hmm. And that is really for any faculty member that wants to use the LMS to supplement his or her course, whether it's you know, typically face-to-face, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two flavors of that. There's kind of a basic and an advanced <laughs> version of it. And I think it covers, you know, some of the some of the most used features, like hey, how yep. do you create a discussion board yep. and how do you use, you know, the speed grader mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the entire waterfront mm-hmm. of everything in the LMS, but it's going to be, it's going to hit the top highlights of the things that you should know about um, if you're going to be using the LMS. And we aspire to a little what we might call stealth pedagogy yeah. in the midst of the technical training. Yeah, and there are elements in there that I like, um, such as, okay, it's week three in the class, and this news story has broken. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you add a discussion post yep, to, right. to kind of you know, enhance yep. your class discussions? Yeah, And absolutely. I think you know, try to ground it. Mm-hmm. We have other things that are, I think, more ad hoc that, that are much more recent. I'll just mention them by name, uh, both of them. One is like tips for faculty from faculty, and another is let's talk about. They're both video-based. Uh, the first one, tips for faculty from faculty, is what it what it sounds like. They're about one minute each. Uh, a seasoned member of our online teaching faculty just giving some real concrete tip. We'll link to that in the show notes. Examples, there's maybe eight or ten of them online right now. Let's talk about is a video dialogue between a technical support specialist and an instructional designer. And I, I would call them contextualized learning management system tips for online and blended faculty. And they, they're more like 10 to 15 minutes. And there's only a couple of those so far. So let me just throw a couple more into the potpourri. Mm-hmm, please. So we, we do have open labs at various yep. points throughout every semester where we'll just be there with our technical folks mm-hmm. and faculty can come in and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. Right. Um, we also serve you know, walk-in support and yep, 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 schedule yep, yep, support. Yep, yep. Um, and then we do have other resources uh, that that don't just serve UCF, but things like our our teaching online pedagogical repository yep. that um, that are, I think, a, a service to the community, but we make use of them yep. here as well. Good um, call. So That's a faculty development function. It is, definitely. A, in a just-in-time kind of way, I guess. Yeah, and we probably don't have time to go into that. We may have talked about it in the past. Yeah, we've mentioned it a I few don't times. remember. That's all right. So as we're, as we're sort of kind of quickly flying by all this stuff, you can see there's a lot going on. Oh, there is. And so, <laughs> Kelvin, is. you have charged the instructional design team, or they've kind of come up with this idea yeah. themselves in many yeah. ways, of, of doing a complete scan of the ecosystem mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just kind of saying what's working, what's not, what can be evolved and changed. 
And uh, we're we're really just at the front end of that initiative. We are. It took longer than I really hoped that would. I charged the instructional designers because I'm thinking, you know, I've said part of our ongoing dialogue is what do we hold on to from our successful past and what do we let go of in order to move into the future? And part of that is it takes a lot of overhead to manage that ecosystem of faculty yep. development. So how do we make it more sustainable while still fulfilling the objective? So the IDs are engaging with that and we're uh, they came up with a report, a little a task force of them, and we're trying to act upon that now and organize ourselves to carry it out. So we're not there yet. We'll probably give an update at some point, maybe on an episode. But I think uh, it takes effort. You know, you're not just one and done with this kind of stuff. You've got to keep uh, pruning it. Yeah, and it's hard, too, because you have a mental model of, well, this is how we do it. Yes. But if you are in the day-to-day of that, to take a step back and say, is there a completely different way of doing it? Mm-hmm. That, that can be that can be hard. And, and maybe the answer is no. Mm-hmm. But to have a really intellectually honest assessment of that is challenging. I know I struggle with it. Of course. And I've talked about um, <laughs> uh, uh, kind of like project entropy. Mm-hmm. where, yes, okay, so we're going to come up with this new redesign on how we're going to do this particular faculty training. Great. But then over time, man, that rubber band snaps back into its original shape yeah. if you're not careful. He's like, well, we got we to gotta do this and we got to do that and we've got this compliance thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, maybe there's other ways That's right. to do it. That's right. And you want to learn and grow and, and, and stay current and all of that. But um, I guess that's about as far as we can get today yeah, in this wow. episode on the topic. Shall I try to summarize this briefly in a, in a bottom line kind of way? Sure. So faculty preparation for design and teaching is a central part of our daily work as online education professionals. But this work is complex, and we're never done, but we work to improve every day. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the fact that we're doing this ecosystem analysis, uh, I think, is evidence of the fact that we're sort of never satisfied. I think that we do a good job. I think I so. Can, if I, I hope can so. brag on us a little. Um, we've won awards for yeah. some of this stuff. And, um, but that doesn't mean we should be satisfied with it. No. And we know all our dirty laundry and all that. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're not... It's like climbing a down-moving escalator. <laughs> you got to put forth effort. That's right. Well, cool. Um, before I get to our little uh, reminder uh, on mm-hmm. how to how to help us um, mm-hmm. by doing a little plug, I want to thank um, Jill and Megan for the coffee. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I, I agree. This is Beacon Coffee and Camarillo. Camarillo. <laughs> yeah, somebody will correct us. I'm La sure. Siberia. La Siberia. <laughs> I don't know. Something. Yeah. It's good. But gracias, nonetheless. Uh, delicioso. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are enjoying TopCast and um, enjoy this sort of conversation, um, would you please consider visiting the rating section of your favorite c- podcast platform and mm-hmm. clicking some stars, the maximum number of stars. but Preferably. Preferably, but uh, whatever you feel <laughs> your conscience can support. Uh, or writing uh, a sentence or two about why you like it. Mm-hmm. Um Apple Podcasts is the highest used platform, uh, according to our statistics. Mm-hmm. I know that's what I use. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are things that you're not enjoying, <laughs> please give us some constructive feedback via email at topcast at ucf.edu. 
Edu. Mm-hmm. The feedback is helpful, um, but the ratings really do help others discover this podcast via the platform's recommendation engines. The mm-hmm. more engagement that the audience has, the, m- the more it helps others find it uh, mm-hmm. who are looking for this kind of mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. And we've actually gotten some feedback from people lately who have found it recently and, yeah. and have sort of appreciated that. And yeah. so Binge thank- listening. and Yeah, and thank you for everybody who has taken the time to, to give us a review and provide feedback. Um, we really do appreciate it, and we, we read everything. I was going to say, we read every single one yeah yeah so any final thoughts nah, my, my thoughts are done but <laughs> i may have some more coffee though that's good coffee. that'll stimulate more thoughts mm, that's good so uh until next time for topcast i'm tom i'm kelvin see ya <laughs>